Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognar the Young, the Young Grognar, kicking it to you live with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure, the kings, and the quest, Azkabellum. In the last episode, uh, Klika took a long trip through a short portal, ended up hanging out with Foxy, uh, Foxy Jackalman, uh, Domero, uh, finding out some strange facts and interesting things. Uh, Anton uh, decided to test the bounds of the local fire department. Uh, seeing what the fire marshal's plans for evacuation of a large clustered bar was, uh, I don't think they passed. Uh, though our local hill giant installed a very uh, makeshift uh, fire exit in the front of the building, uh, a few dragonborn assassins uh, seeking Klika. Um, seeking Klika rolls off the tongue in a way that sounds like a crappy <laughs> band, and I don't like that. I feel like Seeking Kalika would be opening for uh, what was that? What was that thing that happened? The big giant body pileup? What was that? Impromptu Mass Tomb? Yes. I feel like Seeking Kalika would open for Impromptu Mass Tomb. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a whole, a whole tour set up by the end of this. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um... But yeah, so uh, I suppose last time after Klika was stargated back to the group, uh, she traveled through a weird dimensional gateway uh, like that and ended up back on the island of Bonebreak, uh, where the party was meeting in the woods to figure out what they would do next, hoping to not only find a crew, but also find the first mate, Lucky Dog. Uh, and so I suppose we had made the plan last time to go to the large prison on the island, hoping to find maybe, if our logic is correct, lawful characters in a prison on an island of chaos, rather than a chaotic group of prisoners in a land of law. So on the way, I guess we, uh, yeah, we left off with the party traveling on their way there. So in that case, so I guess the so I guess the place to start with this would be the fact that the prison itself, from what you guys can tell from this part of the island, is a large like stone fortress jutting out from the side of one of the large rockier formations overlooking the ocean. Um, but if the party would like to, you guys could get to the other side of the uh, town of Bone Break here. I guess if if you could call it a town, it's like, you know, the main part of the island of Bone Break is this town. But if you get to the other side of the town over by where you had uh, buried your friend there, Hyron, you could probably get a much better vantage point of what's going on for the prison. Would you guys like to travel over there 
um, alongside the beach, or would you rather travel like through the town? What's the plan for the party's transit? Norville will suggest along the beach because it seems like they'll be less likely to get caught there. Yeah, that sounds hopefully good to the, me. Hopefully the zombie sharks can't like come on shore. <laughs> they have legs. They're just walking <laughs> around with little tiny legs. But um ew. Zombie shark tapede. But anyway, there's a as the party continue farther and farther down in an altitude from the town here on the cobblestone paths leading down to the boardwalk overlooking the water the party scramble and jump down from the uh, boardwalk onto the sandy beaches below and begin their sandy moonlit jaunt uh, far to the uh, I guess that'd be the eastern side of the island um, and as the party continued this way under moonlight could I get a perception check from the party real quick Natural one. Oh, God. Great. Dude, that's the die that rolled a natural 20 on the pre-roll, too. So, starting off solid. Nine. Eleven. I just assume it's going to be somewhere between a three and an eight. But let's, let's just roll it to be sure. Bonk. Ooh, a 12. Okay. So, with that, the 11 and the 12... You guys, when you're looking out in the moonlight, Kalika probably more motivated by the strange experience she had like 20 minutes ago in a different dimension. Um, as you look off into the distance at the lapping waves, both you and Jarzak see some strange giant rock jutting out of the water like a few hundred feet out or a few hundred yards rather uh, out into the ocean. You just see like this big black rock just kind of like sitting there along the water's edge and as the waves come gently lapping in under moonlight you can see that this large formation is just kind of sitting there it's strange because you don't remember seeing it on the way in you don't remember seeing it at any other point during the evening but it's just kind of sitting there really weird as if the water's receded and this is now apparent but with that in mind the party crossed the beach and make it to the far side before reaching something of like a deeply forested jungle looking at a uh, sort of I almost said jungle looking ass what <laughs> you know has a good DM does some uh, forest some jungle looking ass bit of trees over here <laughs> and as you come over to here you see much easier on the far west side of the island that there's actually a large stone formation out there in the water hidden in something like an alcove and you can see an entire fortress built off in the water a few uh, hundred yards away from the fortress on the land. As if there's almost like a fortress that used to have something of a connecting bridge or canal or something. And then there's something of almost like a lighthouse out on a removed like section of rock out in the water. So it's interesting to say the least but it looks as if at one point in time there may have been a functional crossing between the two of these but the only thing that you can see that hints at a crossing now from your vantage point is seeing some boats and lanterns kind of uh glistening like fireflies lapping at the bottom of the stone formation out in the water kind of moving around as if little boats are taken to get back and forth on here but from where you guys are on the land about 400 to 500 feet away is the fortress that's makes up what you'd imagine to be like the actual prison here. And that stands up pretty high up on a rock formation, meaning that as you guys climb up into this thicket of trees and jungle ass looking trees, uh, you guys 
are going to be like climbing up some actual slated rock to get up into there, unless you can find something at an actual entrance. So what would you guys like to do? Again, the moon is at its highest point. It's probably about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night at this point. So what's the plan? Hmm. So what Slow are we down. thinking? Are we thinking uh, try to sneak in or in through the front door somehow? Should we do both? You guys haven't seen anything of like a true front door to this place? Well, Generally, like what kind of fortress is it from this distance? Can Norhill kind of see like how the walls are set up? Uh, what are the defenses um, look like? I would say it's definitely a military fortress. It's something that at one point was used to help defend the land of this actual island. As you can see, like crenellations on the roof where archers may have been posted at one point or maybe a ballista or something like that. It's close enough to the water's edge that these sort of things could have been used to fend off boats. But this isn't a large enough fortress that like a town's worth of people could fall into it. This looks more like a military outpost where maybe a crew of like a hundred soldiers could take up refuge. The building itself looks like it extends up maybe three true stories at its tallest tower um meaning that like the actual rock formation may go up even higher than that but like the building part of it the actual like cobbled walls that make up the fortress rise up about three stories um overall it doesn't look to be tremendously large as far as fortresses go maybe 150 to 250 feet on its longest side but it's well fortified with small windows and crenellations high up so it doesn't look like this has got like a big front door or something. This looks like a place that's meant to be held rather than to like, you know, people coming inside and going out of it. And you could imagine from your military experience that this sort of place is not made to be easily accessible, meaning that the access points are probably strategically placed, meaning either in a hidden location, maybe at the water's edge, etc. Well, this is definitely a very defensible location. I don't like our chances to try to get in through combat. So sneak in, it is. So, as if we want to sneak in, though, looking toward the moon, we might want to do it quickly. We're going to lose some precious light. So let's say if uh, one of us could fly, does it look like there's an entrance up higher? A window yeah i mean one would imagine if you flew up to the top there would probably be like a trap door to lead you down into the you know the building proper uh norhill uh good luck up there and i cast fly on him wait what <laughs> <laughs> and he starts flying shoulder just first imagine him as he says wait what start to like lift off the ground <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, there you go, Norhill. Hello, Pam. All right, uh, so yeah, so Norhill's gonna fly up and see if he can get a better view of like the top of the walls and the towers and stuff. Uh, and as he flies, you know, he sort of like can't really you know stay straight. You know, he sort of you know tumbles uh, uh, head over heels occasionally, or, like lists to the left. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, and so as you uh, go somersaulting up into the air, flying to the top up there, um, 
as you keep flowing up, you hear voices about halfway up. You hear the sounds of maybe four or five people talking on top of the uh, closest tower to you. Uh, the tower itself is kind of weirdly pentagonally shaped, so it seems like it's got some sharp, jagged angles to it. But as you're about like 10 feet from the crenellations to look over, you can hear the sounds of people conversing back and forth. Uh, Norhill is going to go press his back up like directly to the crenellations so that, you know, in order for somebody to see him, you know, they'd have to lean way out and actually look, see if he can okay. hear anything of what's being said. Okay, so as you put your back against the wall, your sharp armor begins to screech in a nail pit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like just the whole way up the wall, like, no, no, no. <laughs> but no. Okay, so you slide up to it. Can you give me a stealth check at advantage? Uh, yes, I can. Um, and that's actually going to be a 19. Damn. Okay, and so with that, our guards on duty don't seem to pay any notice. And as you float up, putting your head in between one of the crenellations, that, or I guess not between, yeah, between crenellations. So your head's between one of the little jagged teeth. Uh, you can hear them kind of talking back and forth at what may be a changing of the guard. And one of them seems to yell to the other one. He says, are you uh, heading over to the change over at the other post? And the guy says, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not the guy for that one tonight. He says, not to mention, I hate paddling those stupid boats out. I know the sharks aren't out, but I do always get a little bit worried with, you know. And then the other guy chimes in. He says, hey, I don't like those fish guys any more than anybody else does. But we pay a hefty price for what we get around here. And then the other guy slowly kind of answers in retort. He says, so uh, who are we sending over? I don't know. We found some other guy on a boat. Apparently, uh, he's worth a pretty penny to a couple people. One of the uh, up tops, or I guess down belows, said that keeping him a prisoner might have pulled in some other, you know, interesting people. But unfortunately, he never came back to the island looking for his friend. So I guess revenge will have to be a different kind of taste tonight. And with that, they all just kind of like uncomfortably stand there quietly amongst each other. And finally, one of them just kind of clears his throat and says, <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, your shift's up. If you want, you can go downstairs. And the other one says, yeah, I mean, it's not a terrible night. He stretches, gets all kinds of comfortable, stands up near his armor clinking creek as he goes walking. And that he says, uh, anyway, is uh, Thrasher in a better mood tonight? Is Thrasher ever in a good mood? And they kind of chuckle to each other uncomfortably. And you hear two of the guards go walking down the way. And you hear a small latch open up and a door open with a creak and close and then latch back shut. Okay. And then the other guards up top seem to go quiet. Okay. Uh, Norhill's going to stealthily fly back down towards the party. Okay. Like a freaking vampire, just... <laughs> And so with that, you float back down to the rest of the group. What would you guys like to do? Uh, so Norhill will fill them in on the conversation. It sounds like the guard is changing right now, and they're going to do it by boat. Uh, we may be able to uh, ambush the guard as they change and get into the prison that way. How many uh, how many guards? 
How many did it sound like? About four up on the top. Four at the most. But now there's only two. Yeah, but they're expecting a change of two. So what's the plan? Because you're the only one who can fly. Uh, well, so if they're getting out by boat, they must be getting there, you know, somewhere from the water's edge that we can see. Perhaps. Uh, so Norhill will suggest uh, we take a watch uh, right here and wait for them to emerge and uh, attack their boat when they're vulnerable. Um, did, did you want to do like a sweep around to see if you could see where the boats are going to come out of? That's a good idea. I'll go take a look. Uh, yeah, Norhill's going to take a sweep, uh, down low, like just above the water to see if there are any entrances or anything. Okay. Yeah. And as soon as you go past the tree line here and go to the, uh, the westernmost face of this thing, sort of facing to the farther outpost out in the water, you can see that this face of the building is like sheer face, just straight down to the water's edge. And at the bottom is a small little sandy bay where there is a series of small rowboats and a larger boat set up down here that looks like it could transport a bunch of people if it had to. But yeah, again, there's a small sort of reinforced door down there with a single lantern lit up at the uh, bottom of the stone structure. Okay. But it's uh, kind of at the bottom of a cliff face. So to get down there from here would be dangerous for anybody jumping unless you jumped off into the water, I suppose. Yeah, or you could try a, to climb down the cliff. Uh, don't we have a rowboat? We could get there by sea, right? Perhaps. All right, uh, Norhill uh, Nor flies back and says, uh, there's an entrance down at a small cove by the waterline, uh, but the only way to get there is either by sea uh, or to climb down the cliff face, and it seems a bit dangerous. You guys could also cannonball. Huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, Nor Nor Norhill's thinking like a dwarf. That's not even an option. I don't even... <laughs> You could probably carry someone while flying. I can definitely carry Klika, at the very least. Poor Anton, carried by I mean, I've seen those it, arms of yours. You could, you could probably carry any of us. Uh, how long do I have left on the fly? It's uh, it's an hour, I think. Right? I thought so. Uh... It's not 10 minutes, so I'll probably run okay. out. Yeah, I was going to say, by the time you get down for this conversation, the spell's about worn off. I don't think I have time. I'd have time for one trip. Make it about halfway up. <laughs> <laughs> Splat. Don't worry, I'm on your side. It looks like by sea might be our best bet, but how do you plan on going by sea? We'll take the rowboat that we got here on initially. Mm -hmm. You guys have the little dinghy boat you took from the uh, actual sail, uh, the uh, the you know the galleon that you guys took over. How far away so is that? I would say it's probably like a quarter mile, half mile, because you guys came as close to the edge as you could, so you're not far off from it at all. I'm, I 
I mean, I am like pretty much a professional swimmer. We could always just jump in the water. Hop on his back. You've, I mean, honestly. You've all, you've all seen my swimming skills. It's No one can compare. For you alone, I'm sure that, that no, no that, one can compare. That, that I don't was, know about with passion. That was a joke, remember? That time I, I was you just at the bottom the of the river? <laughs> Yeah, but now you now, now you don't need to breathe or anything, so you can just sink and walk on the shore. <laughs> Perfect. Just sink to the bottom, just walking in like uh, one of those like just, old scuba suits. There. Ugh! Just imagine that walking up onto the beach in front of you, just someone coming out of the lot. Nope. <laughs> you know, in the Sea of the Undead, I feel like they might see that more often than you think. They just might mistake you for the undead, like die oh, zombie, no. just clonk you on the head. Like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm Jarzak. Like, it's Jarzak. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Right. This one gets a bigger reward if he's dead. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> so, how, okay. so was the... how far down are the cliffs we would have to jump off of? From what Norhill could see, the way that they crashed down to the ocean, it's about 50 feet drop. Okay. I mean, unless we use the 50-foot rope, someone must have one of those, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, is that we could maybe climb down it. Yeah, no matter what, if you guys climb down from the cliffside, you'd have to fall into the water. If you guys wanted to, like, try to cling to the cliff face on the side of, like, the building, like, the building's actual face, you could try to climb down that way. Um, It's just going to be kind of tricky to get over there. So it would be feasible to do that. It's just, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more inconvenient. I'm always maybe about convenience. Just, maybe we should take the boat. I, I understand that you're not the best at water, Jarzak, but I feel like we have a better chance of not drowning than falling to our deaths. Yeah, we can't, oh, Jarzak. You're scared of fish. Option. Even though there are zombie sharks, but... Well, I'll be ready to take him on. Well, <laughs> that's what it's all been about. Anton just wants to try out his sweet turn on dead. He's just no! waiting. I'm going to turn a big fish tonight. Clica <laughs> could teleport her and one other person down, and then it would just be the other two people who would have to jump into the water and swim over. My vote is still for the boat. Uh, you should uh, keep your abilities in case of an emergency. True. Whoever this Thrasher guy is, apparently he's never in a good mood. So try this Thrasher fellow. I don't like the sound of him. Um, yeah, we can try taking the boat then. Click is just worried because the captain seemed awfully nervous about it being a full moon or when the next full moon would happen. It's, it's a full moon tonight, right? It's looking pretty close to the full moon. Yeah. I will grow quickly. Yeah, we'll go quicker than the moon. As long as we can outrun the moon, we'll be all set. 
So with that, the party scrambles down the beach, gets the boat, and manages to flip it up above heads, walking all the way down until they reach the point where putting it in the water makes the most sense. Plopping this boat into the water uh, with the oars in check, the party are able to climb in comfortably and easily enough as they pierce the dark waters with the front of their boat. And as the boat gets in the water, the gentle waves lapping up against its wooden uh, hull, uh, it seems like the ocean is pretty gentle tonight, almost eerily tranquil. And almost to put uh, punctuation on that point, Jarzak and Klika looking out into the ocean see our strange stone out in the distance, still sitting there menacingly calm out in the middle of the water. Menacingly. <laughs> hey, you're not allowed to do that. But with that, the party take turns rowing the boat uh, around the edge of the cove over here until coming into view of the sandy little entrance to where the uh, the uh, fortress entrance is down here at the bottom. And so it's about 100 or so feet away. Would you guys like to just proceed up there anyway? Or did you want to like proceed cautiously or what? Stay close to the stone wall or? Hide our boat. Just find somewhere where it's easiest to hide it. Is there any sign of the guards that we're supposed to be changing? Uh, no, the guards that we're changing changed up top. That's why there's four, and then oh, there's okay. only two. Yeah, yep. Okay, I thought that somebody was going to be coming down here for some reason. Um, nope. Yeah, so you but it doesn't look like... I mean, there's plenty of other little boats down here that look pretty similar to yours. You could probably hide it in plain sight amongst the rest of them. There's like seven or eight boats down here, so yeah, I don't think anybody would really notice. Yeah. So with that, did the party want to just park it right there and just head in? Yeah. Um, Dad, Norhill's going to row us in, but yeah, he's going to like row pretty hard initially and then just let us glide in at first so that we don't make too much noise when we you know, make the initial approach. Sure. So as the boat gently rides up to the sandy bay here, you hear the sound of the stern kind of slicing through the wet sand as it comes to a stop. And everybody gets off with wiggly landlubber legs and makes their way onto the sandy beach here. Uh, again, the door in front of you looks heavily reinforced with a single like really, really firm lantern out front. This lantern seems to be kind of like salted over from having sat down here in the water for so long and rusted pretty, pretty brutally. Um, but the yellow light it gives off has attracted plenty of moths. Um, and so the reinforced door itself looks like some firm wood that's been, you know, sealed up pretty well and just reinforced with tons of iron bars. So what would you like to do? Is so it at the lamp for a little bit and then he turns the door. <laughs> that's a nice lamp. I love lamp. Do you love lamp, Anton? Lamp. <laughs> I feel like Anton might actually love lamp. But, okay. So what else were we going to do other than appreciating the lamp? Uh, check the door is locked. Okay. And so as you check out the door, uh, it doesn't seem to be locked at all. Are there traps? <laughs> Would I do that to you guys? As if you'd <laughs> entered a, <laughs> as if we've entered a fortress on a boat once before, walked up the first flight of stairs and got bamboozled. Come on, I wouldn't do that trick twice. It's just a zombie shark. And then as you take a step, it just falls from the ceiling. 
Um, okay. You're going to search it for traps? Yep. How would you like to do that? Uh, so, yeah, he's just going to uh, check the cracks for any kind of, like, alarm system, I guess. Uh, anything that would let somebody know that this door has been opened. Uh, no, I mean, it seems pretty safe. And just looking around, sticking a dagger in the crevices and whatnot, searching for any sort of glints of, like, metal or twine or wire or anything, you'd see no signs of anything. And if anything, tons and tons of footprints on the sand around you, it looks like this is a pretty well-trod space and locking it almost feels like, I don't know, unnecessary just because of the strangeness of the location. Okay. Everything seems safe. Is everyone ready? Okay. So Norhill's leading the charge. Norhill's going to open the door. Okay. So as you push the door open, before you is something of like a like a little mudroom where you can see tons of ores stacked up against the walls, tons of old broken lamps and whatnot, tons of rope, fishing gear, nets, etc. Flotation devices are all just stacked up in big, un, like big chaotic heaps. Uh, a large stone stairwell seems to arc up and take a quick bend around a corner, but the flicking lights of torchlight seem to give off the impression that people travel through here often enough. But yeah, so what would you like to do? Is there anything that like, then like the oars? Was there anything that maybe Anton could have thrown on to like cover his garments? He doesn't want to be that guy, but he knows he did late. He did most I mean, of the bar, and that's pretty much a big identifier. I'd say that there's some pretty thick sort of like, uh, I don't want to say it, like leathery canvasy kind of garb that you can wear for like the rain, kind of like rain hats and like rain gear. So if you wanted to slap on like the equivalent of a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> That's a good look. <laughs> yeah. So Anton is taking on his role from I know what you did last summer now and wearing his trench coat with his lantern and hook. Um, I don't know where you got the hook, but that's weird. I never thought of you as one to hide the light. Yeah. Uh, not, not when you lose the light to accidentally burn down a building, Darzak. That's but, not always a good representation of the light. Well, the building's oh, not right, burned down. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just he has no idea. He just saw the, <laughs> that area burning. <laughs> All right. Well. So the party stands at the bottom of the stairs. Would you like to proceed upwards? Uh, yes, and Norhill is going to check all the stairs ahead of him before stepping onto it. Okay. So as the party start walking further and further up, uh, the stonework almost gets more orderly and neat the farther you go up, just because it's starting to look more like less sea-worn and less like, you know, yeah worn by the natural causes but as you make it to the top of the stairs there's a large wooden door that has like grating at the top of it that you can peek through and you guys can hear actively on the other side the sound of probably 10 or 15 guards just having a hooting conversation talking eating bugs are clinking and the occasional song breaks out 10 to 15 they seem to be off duty we pass them well that's at the top of the stairs the only doorway out oh, oh no. mm. 
Time for clique to work her charms. I don't know what that means. Blow in and <laughs> scream house cleaning and start just. <laughs> I'm like, wow, she really cleaned the downstairs. Way to go, little lady. Go, 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 go. Prison break. You guys were distracted by Fabuloso and Windex. <laughs> Look at these boots. But anyway, so what's the plan? Because it sounds like there's a lot of them right behind the door. But the chamber sounds large enough and expansive that it's like a mess hall, rec room, kind of like general leisure place. So what's the deal? Mm. I mean, we could just talk to them, tell them we're here for the first mate, and we've come with payment for them. What are we going to pay them? Money? But yeah. You usually, what, yeah. What? Yeah. Like, that's. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, Anton. Uh, <laughs> hey, Klika, can does Anton read minds now? <laughs> Every time everybody levels up, some weird starts happening around here. Um, we we do know that they're gonna come this way eventually. Did we want to just set up an ambush for them? That way we could take out some of them without the rest knowing. 15's a lot of people. I don't know how long it'll take. We could be sitting here for possibly hours. I have a way to deal with 15 people. Well, it's possible that uh, where that confronted with us, they might just take us straight to their leader as opposed to attempt to do anything to us themselves. So we got a few options present. Everything varying from Jarzak's plan of just paying outright down to ambushes. So what what do you guys think would be a good idea? I also, can you like imagine standing like by the doorway and just whispering among each other, like, okay, we're gonna kill these 15 people if they come out? Like, like that's terrifying. They're they're just like having they're real, a party. They're real thin, they're real thin walls. They're hearing everything. <laughs> <laughs> Just got, like, we, we've got 15 prepared actions waiting for us on the other side of that door. They're just ready to home alone, you guys. There's a bunch of like cardboard cutouts riding around on train tracks up there. Uh, listening to rocking around. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I bet when this episode drops, it'll probably be around the holidays anyway. So that joke will probably be a lot more funny then. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> What's a Christmas? Thud. Anyway. <laughs> So what's the plan? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm good with trying to take them out, but uh, you know, fifteen is you know that's a big number. You can't even count that on both hands. So I don't know how far that one goes. Think it tries. Talk first. (laughs) Try second. I think that might might be a good call. Yeah. Try and just see if they work out. Because I mean, maybe. They're willing to just sell all the prisoners. And then we have a crew. They wouldn't have jobs with an empty prison. 
Well, they'd have a lot of money, though, so they wouldn't need jobs. <laughs> don't, don't need to work if you're rich. Economics with Jarzak. <laughs> <laughs> See, the plague of the poor people is they don't have money and they have too much job. <laughs> Jarzak economics. Money, they don't need job. Yeah. yeah. So you see, what, we, uh, uh, what we do is we flood the market w- with you know, cheap with cheap gold coins and we devalue their entire economy. And then they have to go move somewhere else. It's genius. Yes, but we need a plan that'll work now because that's a d- down-the-line plan, which we will uh, have our board meeting about later today. Yeah, that's but more like now... trickle-down jars <laughs> economics. <laughs> <laughs> so so how, who wants to then... How, how do we go about this? Do we just knock on the door? Do we just walk right in? Well, sure. Jarzak will go up and knock on the door. Just the terror of somebody knocking on the back door that's literally out to the ocean and Jarzak's just there like, I got a lot of money, need a lot of sailors. What you got? And Norhill's going to stand next to him and look tough. As always. So Jarzak knocks at the door and with that, the room goes kind of quiet slowly over time as people begin to like, like whisper and like shush each other. And after like 10 seconds of quiet, you hear heavy leather boots come approaching the door and somebody peeks through it with like a, a rather nincompoopish look <laughs> on his face looking through the little doorway and looks and just sees Jarzak's pale orcish face on the other side looking back at him. And he says, what are you doing here? Oh, geez, it's quite the trek to get here. Uh, we're looking to perhaps buy some of your merchandise, if you know what I mean. Just, just jars economics. <laughs> Their prisoners are merchandise. <laughs> you know, as awful uh, as it sounds, you know, there's some states in the U.S. Anyway, so the thing is, uh, yeah. So he, he, nincompoop man, like his eyebrows furrow. One lifts, one lowers. The other one lifts, the other one lowers. They bounce up and down a couple times, and then he turns around. And he runs off to the distance with his heavy boots clapping on the ground as he does. You hear a bunch of whispering on the other side. And then another guy comes over. You hear a wooden box slide up to the door. And then you hear a couple of footsteps step up onto this box. And looking back at you looks to be something of a dwarf with a big old bristly black beard that's so bristly and so bushy that it comes up to his eyeballs. And he's looking through this little peephole thing. And he barks back to you and he says, how much are you paying? Uh, depends on how many you have. We need a whole we crew. Lots. We got plenty. Do you have any bunch sailors? Of, yeah, a bunch of dogs from Escobellum. They're all seaworthy. Ooh, oh, that, now you're talking my talk. Uh, huh. Man, how much are our prisoners going for these days? Uh, how much you got? And you hear a bunch of like eager giggles uh, in the background. So, so how, ma- how many crew mates do we actually need? It was about 20 was what 20? you were looking okay. for. And the first mate would definitely be the cherry on top. Okay, I can give you... I heard there's a... A worthy first mate here. I'll give you five platinum for him and two platinum for the others. 
for 19 others. With that, they all start kind of giggling amongst themselves. And he says, I have a right mind to call Thrasher to come kill each and every one of you. Wear your heads on his cloth. <laughs> Ooh, platinum. How do you think I'm going to explain 20 runaways? With so what? what is that third 38 platinum or whatever? Math's hard, but Wait, you're saying two platinum for each two, of them? Two, two each and five for oh, the first Oh, okay. I got a very different number than you. I thought you were saying 20 gold no, no, for no, 20 no. people. And I was like, what five, the fuck five, is this? Five for the one who actually knows what he's doing and two each for the rest. Get your uh, beard out of your ears. <laughs> <laughs> you hear an uncorking noise as beard is pulled from his ear uh and with that he says oh i i thought you meant two for the lot not two each i mean if you're willing to give two for the lot then i'll, I'll do that instead <laughs> <laughs> that he giggles a little bit and he says i ought to call thrasher just because such a good joke but anyway we've got plenty of them around here and whatever thrasher doesn't kill i guess he kind of forgets about anyway he's pretty stupid but Kind of looks like you. Anywho, <clears throat> as he hops off the box and the door unlatches and the door swings open slowly to a large rec room slash kitchen slash like bunk beds, everything is just kind of like an all-in-one mega apartment. Um, kind of almost like what you would imagine, like a fire station kind of like dormitory little thing would go if it was like big jumbo. But every single one of the guards is not only wearing some semblance of like chain or leather armor, but they're all armed with either spears, clubs, or swords. And the entire room aims them all at you at once. And with that, they say, send in that one. And they point to Jarzak. Dan, quick question. Are there any foosball tables or ping pong tables? Yeah, but they're more medieval than that. So there's like, yeah, it's actually bone instead of a ball. Nice. Nice. And there's also a chili pot. Um, oh. So now, <laughs> but it's like clam chili. Um, so now, ew, that sounds fucking gross. So anyway, they they point to Jarzak and finger for him to come in. Okay, I go. Okay, and so as Jarzak comes in, they close the door and they say, "Give us the money. Put it on the table." Uh, give him the money. The dwarf, who's also kind of pointing at you with a small then, but deadly-looking hammer, he's got to be at least three and a half feet tall at the tallest. Like, he is a squat little dwarf, and he is just beard to his toes. You can see a couple of, like, bits of kelp dried up, kind of dangling from bits in there, as if caught in some sort of terrible, like, net. But with that, he points to the table that he can barely reach and points to it for you to put the money down. And I put the money down, and I grab one extra platinum, and uh, attempt to look cool and roll it between my fingers and hand it to him and be like, this one's just for you for helping us out. Okay. Are you going to do a sleight of hand for that move? Yeah. <laughs> As he flick it at him instead of <laughs> hit him in the face. <laughs> He's a like, a 12. <laughs> so you... you very amateurishly pass it between your fingers as if trying to look way more cool. You do the equivalent of like the grandpa, like removing your thumb trick with a quarter. <laughs> and he just like looks like unimpressed and takes it. And he says, uh, right. So anyway, we'll go get you those, uh, 19 crew members. And with that, 
plus the first mate. What first mate? I heard there was a first mate here. That's where the five additional platinum's going to. I don't know who the first mate is. What does he look like? We might have him. Uh, describe what he looks like. <laughs> and as you describe in painstaking detail, with every detail that utters from Jarzak's wonderful little mouth, every face in the room gets more and more pale and more and more guilt-ridden as everybody seems to begin to find more interest in looking at their feet or anything else in the room other than Jarzak. As it seems very clear, this is not the location where you would find such a man. And with that, the dwarf chimes in and says, uh, <laughs> uh, the thing is, is he, uh, he's at the other outpost and he, uh, he, uh, he's got <laughs> better things to do, uh, maybe. Okay, well then I will bring my platinum there. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, there's no 19 crew there. This is where oh, the no, people no. in the important yes. crew. Yes, I'm just saying the five I put in for him, I'm going to oh. go bring to the other outpost. Well, I mean, you got your nobody's going to sell you him there. I, I'm afraid he's probably more in the hands of the Thrasher. Or, um... <clears throat> I mean, Thrasher sounds like a cool guy. I could probably uh, talk, just talk to him. Yeah, he sounds like... He's... He sounds like Talkin he likes to fight, and that could be a good good time for me, too. Yeah, I mean, he stepped on the last guy, so I don't know what that means to you, but... um, Yeah, you talk talk with your stompies. That's, that's, that's how we do things. Yeah, that old orcish adage, you know, talk with <laughs> your stompies, not with your grippies. But anyway, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, with that, he says, I'll tell you what. Why don't you leave the five platinum here and we'll give you some of our old uniforms? Done. Nice. And everybody kind of looks all <laughs> impressed, like, nice. <laughs> and so with that, one of them kind of snaps his fingers, and a group of like six or so of them go running upstairs and they grab uh, what appears to be an entire lot of Azabellan sailors, and each of them come downstairs. Uh, shackled up in manacles and tied at the feet and so with this it's definitely a sad sight to see all of them but seeing you guys in what looks to be adventurers attire with a big pile of money on the table and looking around each of your faces it seems like they're terrified but um, well, actually I guess you guys aren't even in there it's literally just Jarzak buying a group of prisoners mm -hmm. so with that they look terrified there you go <laughs> and so What'd you say? Oh, you're muted. Just has a nice grin and says, oh, I love the taste of human. <laughs> no. I wish you stayed muted. But with that, um, with that, he's, the, the dwarf in the front says, how are you planning on transporting all of them? I don't know. Where's the exit to this place? Right and with that, they all kind of climb down a mountain to get here. And with that, they start chuckling and they say, We'll show you the way out, the easy way, for uh, five more platinum. Huh. <laughs> See, the thing is, the platinum well has uh, run a little dry. Well, you're not going to be dry taking them all out that way. Good luck but with I'll, the sharks. But I'll give you five gold for it. Five gold. 
Make it 25 and you've got a deal. All right. Deal. <laughs> it's like, I know it's a ripoff, but I'm paying for the convenience. <laughs> and so with that, the whole lot of them are uh, like unshackled at their at their ankles and they gift Jarzak a single key to unlock the manacles on their wrists when the time seems right. The uh, guards over here on the patrol that brought them down uh, are willing to show you the secret way out if you'd be willing to go. But your three other friends are still in that small doorway. Yeah. And a first mate appears to be on a different island. Um. Oh, I see what you're trying to do there. What? I'm not trying to split the party. <laughs> Uh, hey, bud, what about my uh, companions? What about them? They're going to need to come with me to handle all these crew. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll open the door. So that one of the dopey nincompoop-looking guys opens the door, and all three of you are standing there. Again, the Azkabellans look very much so concerned, and as they look down and see Anton's face behind his trench coat, they recognize his red hair and skin and they kind of well, the complexion there and everything. And they see that he looks not dissimilar to themselves. And a few of the more aware ones in the front seem to kind of like brighten up for a second and nod a couple times quickly and give small hand gestures in your direction, very subtly. So as if you would know them. And so as they lead you guys into the chamber with the rest of the guards and the prisoners, um, the dwarf in the front says, feels a deal. Head your way that way. And they point toward the guards are headed down a small stairway around a corner. Ah, uh, thanks. And okay. we head out. Okay. And so with that, the whole troop head their way out and make it to the outside using a secret door that's been disguised to look like a formation of rock. And so as the party bump out into a small landing in the trees, you guys can see the water's edge, you can see the small beach, and you can see that you no longer have a tiny dinghy boat to take with you to bring back to the boat. So with you and a buttload of prisoners, what would you like to do now? All right, guys. So we unshackle them now and go get our money back. Wasn't there a bigger boat down here? There sure was, but that was down back by the water. Can I say I forgot something and I have to go back? <laughs> I dropped my gum. Ew. <laughs> I mean, the door closes and it looks like rock formation. So it seems like if you wanted to bang on it, they might open it. But I think, due to the nature of the deal, I don't think they're looking to open the door for free. It doesn't look like anybody would hear you through the door once it slams shut. No. We're stranded. Is that, is that what you're saying? Hmm? Are we like stranded? No, well, no we're, you guys we're just... like on the land. It's just we don't have our boat anymore because it's on the other side on like the dock. Uh, how, yeah. many, how many people does it take to sell that boat? Uh, the team of 20 would be plenty enough. No, the, People will probably the, be pretty cramped on there. The small dinghy, how many does it take? It could probably fit four at the most. Uh, yeah, how many do you need, though, to operate? Two. It? Maybe yeah, just one, more. actually, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I mean, Norhill, I can fly 
you back there, I guess. And you can bring the boat around. Because we can see the water, I assume, right? Yeah. Okay. You guys just, like, literally are just at the bottom of it just by a secret door entering it, so. And what was it take to sail the bigger boat? Uh, probably a team of about 10 people just to get all the oars going. All right, I have an idea. Yeah, yes, fly me down and I'll get the dinghy. I, I guess I could also just walk into the water and go grab it. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, you're right. I cast fly on Norhill again. Uh, you can take me with you. Well, what's the plan for them to get to the first mate? Well, that's why I kind of want to talk so, to them. Yeah, One, so, I don't know why they're prisoners. Norhill is going to say to the party, so what I think I can do is I can go back for the dinghy and bring one person with me, right? And then start taking them over to the bigger boat and take that one. Hmm. And we paid enough for uh, we paid enough for these folks, I assume. Yeah, but they didn't receive any of that money. So what's to keep them from not just taking our boat? <laughs> you imagine that they can just hop on the boat and start paddling it. It's one of those puzzles where you have like a wolf on one side, a sheep on the other, and you can't have them be on the same side at the same time. <laughs> the we'll look at you know, the sort of you gathered rabble of prisoners and say, we've secured your freedom and we need your service as sailors on the boat. I'm going to go out on a limb and make the assumption that you're trustworthy and also have you know that if any of you bear any thoughts of betrayal or escape from us in this regard, you don't want to end up like the last crew. They're all staring at Anton and the tallest and most slender in the front steps forward and leans his head into Anton and says, of which tribe are you? How do you worship Ira? Hit him with it. He, he gulps nervously. He says, I know of Nira's existence, but to be frank, I am not from Mascabellum. And so they, they all kind of look back and forth at each other and they say, hmm, the tides I, have I brought have you to been. us. The winds have guided you and you have saved us all. You are blessed, Avira. We will help you as they turn to the dwarf and turn to uh, Norhill. And they say, we will help you. We thank you for your gifts. And we thank you as they turn to Anton. Thank you, Frank, for saving us. He just gives a nod. Nervously. Yeah. And they say, tell us, Frank, where must we go? Wait, we did you, you think my name is Frank? Yeah, well, you said earlier, to be Frank. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> the prophet Frank. He has spoken. <laughs> the perfect so, alias. He looks toward, well, he looks toward... Um, he looks toward Norhill and he says, what's your plan for prescribing? The plan is to get our dinghy from the entrance we originally came from and commandeer a larger vessel. But yes, we, uh, we will need to pick up Sorry. one more member 
for our crew. I don't remember his name. Do you think they'd recognize his name? They said it. Are you talking about Conrail? No, no, yeah, Conrail. Conrail. I don't know if his name is familiar to any of all. The tall one again speaks and he kind of nods a couple times and he says he was a good man, but he was taken. He was chosen specifically. Apparently, he was worth something to somebody and they wanted him to feel pain. He spoke to us of a strange place in the waters where people are taken on occasion, a gift to the ocean. When he was taken away, he had a look of resignation on his face to think that the sea would bring some evil to this place. It is fitting and upsetting. Can we see the rock from where we're standing? Yep. A place like that? And as they look out there, you can see people kind of like fixated on the spot and shiver a couple times. I shall take that as an affirmative. Which among you are skilled sailors? And with that, they all kind of nod and say, we are all sailors. We all follow Ira, goddess of waters and the wind. We are all trained in the ocean and we are trained to follow its currents. I think it'd be much to ask you Sounds like this rock is a dangerous place. We just gained you your freedom. The last thing I want to do is put you in a place where your life is threatened. But if you can think of a way for at least me and my party to get to that island, I can trust that you won't abandon us, but we hope to not abandon another who could possibly be saved. Well, we can commandeer the prison's larger ship. Uh, bring any who would not travel to the rock back to our main ship and then sail the rest of the way to the rock from there. So with that, the tallest one, in a most respectful and humble way, he says, I've spent my life in the water and I've spent my life traveling on vessels such as these. I will control and command under your duress and your control. Very well. Uh, come along with me. We'll go get the dinghy. Do you have a name? I, I find it easier to communicate. Hmm. My name is Borai. How many of the outfits, old outfits, do we get? Uh, you got about 10. Okay. Granted, these are very thrown together, like tunics with like a stenciled Sharpie emblem on them for bone break. But yeah, not great stuff, but it'll work. But yeah, and so with that, um, as Norhill flies down to get the dinghy boat, was that the plan? Uh, yep, uh, unless Jarzak doesn't want to cast fly anymore. Well, the thing is, is the, um, the crew are willing, if you can get down there to get the first boat and bring it back, they will take it in like groups. They'll take four, grab another dinghy boat, bring over another four until they have all the people over there kind of doing what, uh, what Jared was saying earlier about the puzzle basically doing all the hard work for you and filling up that boat. And the uh, Borai was willing to take that vessel and get out to the big boat, leaving you guys on your own dinghy. So that way you could go take care of your own Island business. Okay. That sounds good to me then. Yep. So with that after, as long as Jarzak casts fly, then this will all work out. No problem. Yep. 
Dratzik's like, what's in it for me? <laughs> Done. Who who needs spells? Okay. Me. And so with that Eldritch Blast and it hundred percent always guarantee works. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as right. soon as uh we see Norhill coming back. Time, it works every time. As soon as we see Norhill coming back with the first dinghy, I can cast cat nap. I just don't want to I just want to wait because I'm pretty sure it'll break concentration yep. on fly. So <laughs> so with that. After casting fly, Norhill helps, the puzzle begins, the large boat begins its trek out to the water, and two dinghy boats are brought back to the shore for you guys as the whole crew of all of the Azkabellans head out towards the uh, wave wraith out floating far in the distance on the other side. Um, and so leaving you two, you guys with dinghy boats, what did you guys want to do with those outfits and what did you want to do with the boats? What are the outfits uh, like? Like I said, it's it's simple like tunics and some very light chainmail. It's like thrown together like half broken stuff. If looking from a crenellation on the roof, you would never know the difference. If looking from like a window, you'd never know the difference. Up close and personal, it's definitely going to look like you're wearing like rent-a-cop outfits. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, so Norhill's going to like, I don't know, maybe like cut the sides of his so that he can wear it kind of like a tabard uh, over his armor. Sure. Good thinking. And so with that, did the party want to go on separate boats or did you want to ride one boat? Separate might be might be wiser. If separate works. Okay. Okay. And so with that, as the party begin on two boats, who's on which boat? Jarzak and Klika on one boat, Anton and Norhill on the other. I feel like that's how it always gets broken up, and I'm like, yeah. okay. Mm, do, do we... <laughs> it's got also some heart. two of the I'm weaker like... characters and two of the stronger characters. <laughs> it's like Scooby-Doo split-ups. It's like whenever they would randomly break up the normal split-ups in Scooby-Doo, it'd be like, what the, what the hell's going on? <laughs> These are not the usual teams. <laughs> wait, does that... Wait, is Kalika Scooby... Was Klika Velma? Is Klika Daphne? <laughs> Who's Klika? I think Klika might might be Scooby. Klika's the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah, think Jarzak might be Shaggy. I was going to say Shaggy, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I what? think uh, we should do probably like Klika Anton and uh, Norhill Jarzak. Yeah. Oh, man. I, does that mean that Anton's Velma and Norhill is Fred? Norhill gives big Fred vibes. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I had to get that Fred comment out because he is very much so Fred to be like, all right, guys, let's split up. Like, oh, really, Fred? Really? You want us to split up, do you? Anywho. Never right, noticed so what how is good the- uh, Norhill's ascot looked until just now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever, you ever seen that like picture where somebody proves that Fred is wearing a denim onesie under his sweater? <laughs> <laughs> This is what the people really want to know. All right, so what's the breakup for the boats again? Sorry, you were saying something, Ryan. Jarzak with Norhill and Klika and Anton. Yeah. Oh, neat. Okay, and so with that, the two boats start scooting out. Can I get an investigation check as the party are looking for a quick entrance to the back of the uh, second fortress? 
I know you mentioned catnap. Did you do that yet, Ryan? Yeah. Okay. I assume we did it. Like I said, as soon as we saw that first dinghy coming back. Okay. Yeah, I'd say that it could have happened during the puzzle sequence. Sweet. Yeah. I got a five. Well, I don't think I... 15. I got a nine. And an 11. Okay, so the 15 and the 11 are fine. Uh, what did Anton get? Was it five? Five. Yeah, he's just totally racked about how they don't know his, his true religion. Knows Kleeka and Jarzak both sitting in the front looking at <laughs> pointing at things while you two are doing all the rowing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that Kleeka and Jarzak on the two separate boats see in the distance a single dinghy boat heading its way towards that rock with a single uh, lantern dangling from somebody's hand and somebody in the middle and a couple of people in the back rowing the boat out into the water on the other side of this little prison island here. So in the distance, you can hear, now that it's been pointed out, you can hear voices trailing over the lapping of the waves as you hear somebody yelling out in the distance, just, please, anybody, somebody help, please. You'll never take me alive. And nothing Uh, seems to call in response. You're right, they push him in the water. (laughs) (laughs) We should head that way. Damn you, Fred. Um, Okay, and so with that, you and your quick logic, Okay, so did the party want to kind of skirt past the island and try to triangulate to meet them? Uh, not meet them. The door hill sinking sort of like trail them so that it almost looks like we know where we're going. Okay. It seems like if you guys trail them from a distance, they will reach that black rock that they're sailing towards pretty soon. But if you try to triangulate, you may be able to meet up with them if you guys paddle fast enough and hard enough. Danfell trying to catch up. He's a good soul. He really yeah, I know who wants to roll fast enough, uh, wants to row fast enough that he will reach the rock a little bit after the boat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So in that case, uh, whoever is rowing, uh, it can be both people on the boat or it can be a single person. We need either an athletics check or a strength check. Okay. Or I guess a what? constitution check. I'll take that too. What's the benefit of both people? You'll take the higher? Yeah, we'll figure it out. One person has advantage. A, I got a 20 for con. Not a, not a crit. Just a... Uh, I got a 23 got, on my con. I've got a 19 Damn. athletics. I got a soft 20 on my con. So it's just three people running a marathon and <laughs> freaking Norhill's doing sprints. And so Norhill's just like motorboat just tilting the back of the thing as it's gunning through, but everybody else keeps a solid pace. And as you guys are really hustling in the water, keeping a nice brisk breathing and everything with their hefty con score. Wasn't that like 320s? What happened there? Pretty sure that was like 320s on the dot, right? We didn't row in the circle. I I got a 23 and it was two soft 20s and a 19, yeah. Yeah, those those were all pretty good. My first (laughs) time. Steve. And so oh, with that, Steve. Oh, shut up, Fred. Anyway, um, so what happened? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm getting Scooby-Doo flashbacks. But anyway, as the boats start careening in the direction of the black stone out there in the water, and the boat seems to uh, be getting closer to you guys as you're moving faster and faster, keeping a steady pace, you see very clearly 
that the people on the boat recognize you coming towards them. And one of the ones in the front pulls back what apparently was a hood on his outfit. And as he does, you see a single conch shell come up to his hand and up to his face. Now, could I get a uh, perception check real quick? I'm almost at spot. Oh, no. Uh, that's a natural 20 for a total of 20. 12. 8. 15. Damn. Okay. Ooh, I uh, sure so the... hope they have some Scooby snacks. <laughs> so the 15 and the... Uh, what did you get, Anthony? 20? Natural 20. Okay, so you two can both see pretty clearly under the moonlight that the head of the person who pulled back the hood and is holding up the conch shell appears to be some sort of fish monster. And looking closer with a 20, it appears to be some, I mean, I don't know. I guess as you pointed out and mentioned that it's a fish monster, we can get a nature check from anybody who's got it. Or a history. I have to put in history, though. It's a Soagwagwin. It's a Sigwigwin. 23. It's a Swinchwine. It's a Soggy Hagen. I got What'd a you four, get? four for nature. That thing doesn't look natural. <laughs> <laughs> so you got an 18 on a history. 23 nice. history. Well, Damn, so you two both can tell. Wait, what? Just 12 on a history. Oh, okay. Uh, I would say that... Yeah, I guess all three of you. I, I hate to do this on Charzang, but everybody recognizes that that kind of thing with its bulbous black eyes and rows of gleaming teeth in the distance, as it's about like 100 feet away, its weird giant Pisaean head opens up as it blows a hearty breath in, and you hear what must be the conch shell belonging to a Sahuagin, as some strange devil fish monster blows the horn as loud as he can it sort of somehow seems to like coalesce with the sounds of the lapping waves and the sound of the wind blowing but as you guys continue your your onslaught towards them careening forward to about 80 feet 75 feet 60 feet all of a sudden a couple of huge shark fins with giant gouges and rotten flesh seem to go sliding past both of the vessels and that is where we're going to end it Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on Twitter. Or you can even send me an email at youngbrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Don't